Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the 10% Podcast. Today I have Daryl Frader from Visible Hands. He's an investor who actually have a cool way of engaging with founders. I was just on his Twitter Space channel and he had office hours. For me, office hours as a college student, I know is that whenever I need help, I go to that professor's office and ask for help. And that's pretty much what he's doing but for the founder VC aspect. But Daryl, Thank you for being on the podcast. I'm looking forward to having a constructive conversation with you today. Well, I really appreciate you, Jason. It's uh, amazing to see that you have a platform that you're doing really great work to support founders and giving people the knowledge that they can't hear from other places. So I'm really excited about this conversation and ready to dive in. Let's start with your background. Like, how were you raised? Um, Where were you born? And some fun facts about you, something that we don't know about you. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm pretty public on Twitter. So I wonder what's not said about me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I speak very publicly about my, my journey and my story, but uh, I'm Daryl. I currently live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I literally just moved here three weeks ago uh, from New Jersey, where I was born and raised. Uh, I went to school at the College of New Jersey for undergrad, where I studied business management. Then in uh, 2019, I started the MBA program there and graduated in 2021, um, studying strategy, innovation, and leadership. Um, around that time, you know, I really got super interested in learning about venture capital, and I've always had a love for entrepreneurship. And when I discovered this concept of investing in startups um, and, and being a VC, it really became an interest to me because one, my love for entrepreneurship, as well as the impact that I believe that investing and in, in equipping entrepreneurs with the resources they need to succeed can have on the globe. Um, so since 2018, when I, I read this book called Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun by Reginald Lewis, it's the story of the first black man to be owning and operating a billion dollar company. And that introduced me to what venture capital was. And I just did everything in my power to become as well-rounded as possible to eventually break in the VC. So from 2018, it took me uh, three and a half years to break in the VC. Uh, and that led me to uh, starting companies. I started multiple startups. I invested in multiple companies as an angel investor, uh, participated in many accelerated programs as a fellow, uh, read tons of books, listened to thousands of hours of podcasts, and just did everything I can to be as well-rounded um, to eventually landing a role at Visible Hands, where I am today as an investor. Um, and just to give you a little bit about Visible Hands as well, we're a pre-seed venture capital firm investing in diverse founders. So we focus specifically on women and founders of color at the pre-seed stage. And we make investments through our various accelerator programs, writing checks up to 500K, depending on the program that you're applying to. And we really focus on funding founders with vision. Uh, we want to back founders to have incredible vision and strong plans to execute on that vision to serve customers in a meaningful way and to scale into big corporations one day. Uh, so we're super excited about the work we're doing. We've been around for going on three years. And uh, yeah, it's just really exciting about, you know, the, the founders we've backed so far and the ones we'll, you know, back in the, in the nearest future. Uh, so, yeah, I'll pass it over back over to you. Yeah. So can you talk about some of the challenges that underrepresented founders face in the startup world and how has Visible Hands worked to address those challenges? Yeah, that's the foundation of why Visible Hands was started. Uh, we have three co-founders and GPs, Yasmin, Justin, and Daniel. 
that came together for the purpose to back underrepresented founders. Uh, it started, you know, out of the George Floyd, you know, crisis of, of his murder, and they came together with the vision to be able to provide resources as supporting entrepreneurs, uh, specifically ones of color and, and women that are typically overlooked by the traditional venture capital ecosystem. And the fact that there's so much venture capital dollars that are going out, but less than 2% going to Black founders, and less than you know 1.7% going to Hispanic founders, uh, and, and just the disparities that are stopping underrepresented founders from getting the capital they need to build the, the businesses that they have, it, it's terrible and there needs to be a lot of change. So funds like ours exist specifically to help those founders get early capital. Because um, many times these founders don't have access to friends or family dollars or, you know, capital that they can get from investors in their network. Usually they're out of network. Usually they don't have those type of resources to get started. Um, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't have the opportunity to build a business. So we fill that gap and provide meaningful capital and resources to help founders at the very early stage. And uh, so far we've backed 102 founders through our fund. And then how does visible hands identify potential investments and like what factors do you consider when evaluating a startup led by an underrepresented founder? Yeah. So for us, we have an application process for all of our programs. So unlike a traditional fund, we don't just write checks um, throughout the year. We have specific programs that we are um, creating cohorts of, of founders that we're going to be backing at, at a time. Uh, so through our application process, founders apply and we have an interview process and then we select. Um, and so that's the, the, the premise of, of how we uh, make our selection. Um, but on top of that, we also do sourcing in regards to just me and other investors on my team really going to the founders and meeting them where they're at to build meaningful relations and to be very helpful to the ecosystem. So early in the conversation, you mentioned my Twitter space that I do every Friday uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we opened this opportunity for people to talk to me and other investors and other founders on the opportunities to solve problems that they're facing. And being an investor that makes myself very accessible and to be at the forefront of just communicating with founders, it becomes a really great opportunity to meet founders and learn about their businesses and then also talk about the opportunities we have through our various accelerated programs. So we are really investors that like to be on the ground speaking to founders and to build those meaningful relationships and get them exposed to what we're trying to build at Visible Hands and the opportunities for us to deploy capital into their businesses. And then what do you look for? Like, what are some key qualities that you look for in a founder and how do you assess their potential for success? Yeah, so we invest at the pre-seed stage. So very early um, in, the, in the founder's journeys that, that we're getting involved. And I would say that there's four criteria that are super important to think about at the early stage. I would say customer, product, team, and traction. Those are the four components. I could break them down very simply to get an understanding of each of those components. So customer, having a specific customer type that you're looking to serve through your business is very key because serving that customer and, and understanding their pain point is the core of what entrepreneurship is. I like to say, and I say this on Twitter every once in a while, that entrepreneurship is the monetization of problem solving. If you understand a customer's problem, 
and you're able to create a solution for it, your reward is being able to get paid for solving a problem. So that's essentially what entrepreneurship is, the monetization of solving of, of, of problem solving. And if you have a real strong understanding of who your customer is and who you want to serve, that's a great foundation of building a business. Number two, like I said, the product. In order to serve that customer at a high level, you have to be able to productize your offering so you can scale it and be able to offer that product to multiple customers. So having a true product that is strong and actually serves the customer to solve their problem in a meaningful way is super important. You know, really having a solid product that looks great, has great UI UX, um, you know, really intuitive for the founder, for the, for the customers to use and for the, uh, you know, company to be able to, to scale and, and get it out to customers is super important. The third, the team, you know, having a team that can be able to design, build and iterate on that product and then go to market is, is super important as well. Uh, the lastly, traction. Um, your traction showcases the validation of your ability to build your product and go to market. So those four things in summary, customer, product, team, and traction is what we're looking for at the pre-seed stage. Okay. And I know you guys, you did state this um, earlier that you guys do have that 14-week accelerator program. And that's one of the ways that you help founders. Um, and my question to you is that, Besides that, like how does Visible Hands work with its portfolio companies to help them succeed? And what other types of ways that you support your founders or in portfolio companies beyond a financial investment? Yeah, so in regard to the support that we provide to founders, uh, we really focus on helping them build their companies at the early stage. We see ourselves as partners to the entrepreneurs. Providing the capital, of course, is very important is one thing, but being there to support them in all the elements and aspects of early stage company building is super important for us as a firm to help the founders make progress in their businesses. So from a accelerator standpoint, we match all of our founders that get accepted to the program with investors and staff on our team that help them with the various aspects of their business. And each founder we curate the experience specific to where they're at and their specific needs. It's not a one size fits all for everyone. It's really individualized to each company and their goals. So for our programs are typically 10 week programs and you're able to decide, you know, what you need to focus on within that time period that could best position your company um, to succeed post the, the program. Whether that be is, you know, taking that nine week program or 10 weeks to, you know, hire or find a team or whether it be to you know land your first customer or build your product or fundraise, we specify that time to meet your needs and support you with getting the resources and the guidance you need to execute on those things on a high level. Um, so that's the individualized support that we provide, as well as there's tremendous value in being able to collaborate and build relationships with the other cohort members. Now, as an investor and as someone that's been doing this um, for, for a number of cohorts, the the biggest value that I see for our founders is that the relationship that they're building with the other founders in their cohort, it's super amazing to see the collaborative efforts of the founders as they work together and support one another that expands long beyond our accelerator. The thing is for us as a firm, every year we're having accelerators. And now that we're having multiple accelerators, our time as a team is not going to be as focused to be able to maintain that support ongoing. 
But the, the 20 or so founders that you're working with in your cohort, those are relationships that you're going to have forever. And it's so powerful to be able to grow alongside such talented individuals that are similar to you um, in background, as well as similar in terms of your stage and have the same goals of succeeding and driving tremendous value with the companies. So aside from our support that we're providing as a fund, the resources and, and the connection that you're building with the other cohort members are so important. And we highly encourage all founders to build relationships with other founders. There's so much value in it and it goes so far beyond what an investor can do because those relationships are lifelong and there's no awkwardness of like transparency. You can be real with other founders in, in, in a level that it, it's harder to do with an investor. Although I try to be as open and, you know, um, just available as, as, as possible at times, I still notice like it, it's harder to be as transparent with your investor than it is to talking to another founder. Um, so that connection is is irreplaceable. And I highly encourage founders to always build those strong relationships with other founders in the ecosystem. No, yeah, that's actually a really good insight that you said that. That is true. It's just like um like the kid would want to hear the siblings' insight rather than hearing the parents' insight because they might not be exactly comfortable or they wouldn't look best as possible. But also for the fact that they're all growing at the same pace and in the same ecosystem. That's um, that cohesiveness does also play a role. Now, my question to you is how important is diversity and inclusion to visible hands? I know you talked a little bit about this, but exactly what steps do you take to ensure that the team and the portfolio reflect a diverse range of backgrounds and perspectives? Yeah, you know, we believe that diversity is a superpower. Uh, each individual team member contributes their own unique perspective as well as their lived experiences that really translate to solving unique problems and having a perspective to build product to serve a massive audience. Without that shared experience or that diverse experience, um, it's hard to build product that actually serves everyone um, and specifically you know, the diverse populations of your customer base. So diversity is something that's super important from a team perspective from us as investors. Our, our team is very diverse from founders, their teams, for even your customer base, diversity is a superpower. And I believe that by making it a priority and something that you really think through on how to have that different diversity within your teams, um, it really creates a strong opportunity for you to innovate as a team and to drive tremendous value for your customers. Uh, so I'm super bullish on the concept of diversity and think that without it, you are at a huge disadvantage. And then can you share like some success stories of founders that you invested in and what made that company stand out? Yeah, you know, we're, we're honored to work with some tremendous founders and we're seeing just great work out of our portfolio companies. Um, so there's so many that I can highlight, um, but I can highlight just a few that are top of mind right now. I want to, you know, highlight um, the Parfait team. Um, they are a company that are using artificial intelligence to create custom wigs, um, particularly for black women, but just people uh, with unique hair and styles. Um, and that company has raised a $5 million uh, seed round from some really notable investors, Upfront Ventures, as well as Serena Ventures. They co-led that round. And the team is just a superpower team of, of four black women um, that are just amazing in what they do. Um, they have two PhDs and two MBAs. 
um, from amazing colleges and universities that uh, just came together with this vision to serve women in this capacity. And, you know, aside from their race, just what they're able to do with their product and the intent that they have with serving their customers and, and, and doing a great job at creating a product that really uh, serves them at a high level. It's been impressive to see them work. Um, so that's one team that we're, we're always super excited to share about. Um, I could also talk about a, a, a team or a founder that we recently made an investment into. Um, this one um, is, is uh, a founder that we just backed not too long ago through our newest accelerator called BKXL, um, which is an accelerator where we invested 500K into 12 teams in partnership with the Social Justice Fund. Uh, one founder that I've grown to great, uh, a, a strong relationship with, his name is Amadeo. Um, he's the founder of Preneur. And Preneur is an AI-powered sales tool for solopreneurs. And his company uses his mobile app to help solopreneurs um, monetize their audiences in a tremendous way. Um, they have tools that allow them to um, nurture their audiences, capture their, their audiences, and also transact with them. Um, and he has some strong, notable users and influencers on his platform. Some of these influencers have millions of followers and use uh, his product to be able to drive a lot of um, revenue for their solo businesses. Um, I'm really impressed with his progress to date and um, just been a, a champion of him and, and what he's doing with Preneur. Uh, so those are two companies that you know are, are super exciting, but we have 102 investments. So it's always so hard to pick which two or which few I want to highlight. Uh, but you know we love all the founders that we back and we're super impressed with where their companies are going and excited about the new companies we're going to be backing in our next cohort that we are opening applications for really soon. And um, now like looking at the future of the VC industry and the VC space, like how do you think um, other VC firms as a whole can increase diversity and inclusion? One, on the investor side and also incentivizing founders to not only reach the benchmark, but really be serious and like engaged and actually interested in increasing that percentage. Yeah, like I said earlier, diversity is a superpower. There's actually data that points to diversity in creating larger returns for your fund. Diverse founders outperform, and it's based on some of the things that we spoke about earlier, being able to identify unique problems and have unique solutions based on the, the lived experience of the diverse team members. Uh, so I highly recommend investors to seek for diversity in your thesis and your investments um, because you're going to be missing out on so much upside by having teams that are not able to uh, build and design and market to a diverse audience. Um, so I highly recommend diversity being um, in, included in your investment thesis as well. And then how, what advice do you have for underrepresented founders who are seeking funding and how can they best posi pos sorry, position themselves for success? Yeah, when it comes to fundraising, it's always a challenge for every founder, diverse or not. Um, fundraising is just a challenge, uh, but it's incredibly difficult for underrepresented founders as oftentimes underrepresented founders do not have the networks or the backgrounds or, or, or the family members that, you know, have the money to, to, to give them th that initial capital to get started. Uh, so it's, it's incredibly important to learn the fundraising process and to be able to 
um, understand the tips and tricks it takes to to fundraise successfully. Um, so I, I would say that fundraising is eighty percent being able to leverage your network, um, and there's ways that you can go about building a network as well as being able to properly manage and, and leverage that network to get introductions and um, effectively go through a fundraising process. Um, there's a book that I've recently been sharing to a lot of founders. It's called Pitching Hacks um, by a group called Venture Hacks. It's a short 90 page book. Uh, I have the PDF that I share with people freely. Um, so if anybody wants that book, uh, happy to, to send them to them. But it, it's a book that showcases just the techniques it takes to fundraise effectively. And it's a really concise book. And uh, I highly recommend founders taking up that book because um, I've learned so much about it and have given founders advice based on the readings that I've done from that book. Uh, but there are so many small nuances that we can touch upon that can increase a founder's likelihood of success. Um, but it really takes founders to uh, learn that process so they can go on it and execute a fundraise with confidence. Because um, when you know the steps, you're able to you know, project that confidence within your pitch and within your process of communicating with investors. Um, so knowing the process of, of fundraising um, is extremely helpful and seeking out resources like that book, reaching out to people like myself, listening to podcasts like this, is very helpful for you to understand the nuances of fundraising so you can increase your likelihood of success. And then you didn't say and highlight the fact that building a network can play a role to successfully um, closing out your round. Um, what are some approaches that you think these founders should take to do that? Yeah. So. One thing and one technique that I used as a founder prior to becoming a VC, which helped me build my network, was listening to a bunch of podcasts like this and then reaching out to those guests. <coughs> I would reach out to the guests and tell them I listened to the podcast and I'll set up time to meet with them. And by doing that, it allowed me to build a, a strong foundational network of investors that I can lean on and ask for additional introductions. Um, so simple things like that can be very helpful. And I encourage founders to get you creative with the ways that they're connecting with people and giving context on like why um, it's a good you know reason to, for you to connect with them. Um, and you'll be surprised by how open minded people are um, when you have the proper approach. Additionally, I will add, um, as a founder, I went through a number of accelerator programs. Uh, so pre-accelerated programs and Accelerated programs that can help you connect with other investors. They usually have opportunities that introduce you to investors. Um, those can be very helpful to build that initial network of investors that you can start to build with and continue to work through your network from there. Um, over time, as you build your network, it becomes more useful and, and much more powerful for you to leverage, um, but it won't happen in a day. So it takes time um, and it takes intention to build a network. And there are a lot of tips and techniques that you can use to, to build them. Um, I tr try to go out to in-person events and just be a part of the ecosystem um, because as you show up and, you know, be available for these events, people start to recognize you and people start to remember you. Um, so showing up is half the battle and following up and, and, and establishing one-on-one -on -one relationships with people um, is very helpful. And the combination of those can really get you very far in regards to building a network that can help you 
leverage to um, successfully close the fundraising round. And then at last, what do you see? Uh, what do you see as the future of venture capital? Like, what does it look like? And how do you think Visible Hands will continue to play a role in shaping that future? I believe that venture capital will be more diverse. Um, as we can see in the past few months, a lot of uh, venture capital has been marked down in regards to valuation and in regards to uh, venture capital firms you know, not performing well because of issues, and part of it stems from their lack of diversity. Um, backing the same kind of founders and not backing founders based on their ability to build companies and execute, but just backing founders because they're in network and other investors are backing them as well. Uh, I believe that it's gonna become much more democratized as we have more players that are diverse, like Visible Hands, funding companies uh, and, and more players that are being able to showcase that underrepresented founders outperform. And as it becomes clear that diversity is a superpower, um, the investment dollars will follow um, because they're going to lose LPs and lose opportunities because they are getting beat by other VC firms that are more diverse. Um, so I think that venture capital will be more diverse. And I'm super optimistic to help that become a reality. Well, everyone, that's Daryl with us today. Daryl, thanks for joining us, sharing the fact that diversity is a superpower, what it takes to be an underrepresented founder and what it looks like throughout the fund fundraising process. But thank you for making it much more clear for us. And hopefully, if you guys have any questions, I mean, you do host on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern time, if I'm correct. Uh, founder office hours on Twitter space. So for anyone that is interested in connecting with Daryl, please do so through Twitter. And if you got any questions, he will be there to answer them with other like-minded individuals that do have the experience in the venture capital and startup world. So Daryl, again, thank you for your time and look forward to speaking with you soon. Awesome, Jason. Thank you for having me, man. And if you're a founder out there seeking funding, um, and you want to learn more about Visible Hands, our applications for our Visionaries Accelerator open on May 1st, and I'd love to get to know you. So feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, I'd love to connect with you and learn more about your business.